Logan. I've declared for the NBA draft. That's bullshit. <laughs> I've, no, I've declared. You're going to be playing overseas in two years. You, th- you think so? You think, yeah. think I can't make it big nah, in this league? No. You, your stat line will be zero points, uh, t- 10 rebounds, <laughs> 15 turnovers. Oh, I don't throw the ball over that much. Two points. Percent shooting. That's terrible shooting. How am I 0.0? 15 claps per minute. It's just um, 10 towels picked up per game. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the Theo Pinson in the league, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's, it's, there's, you know, there's value in being the good bench player. Look at, uh, 3.4 water bottles filled up per hour. I don't, that's not my job. It's a sir. terrible rate. That's a terrible rate. You need to work <laughs> on it. This is why you're getting sent to the G League. I forget it's the G League now. They don't. It hasn't been the D League in a minute. But um, are you excited for the draft? Are you? Will you be in the green room with me? Yeah, I'm not declaring because I'm fully aware of my capabilities as a basketball player, of which I am have none. I really wish you could get you got into basketball at a good time. I feel like it's. Ah. It'd be so fun. It'd be so fun. Sport, unfortunately, I don't have the the height. This the height means nothing. You are literally. I'm Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues was great. Spud Webb is your height and wanted exactly. Dunk. I could. You could. You could be out here dunking. Huh? I don't think I could. He must have been. He had lifted shoes or something. He did not have lifted shoes. I was all. He had, straight. he had springs in his soles. That just think about it to be five six and winning or five seven whatever and win a dunk contest against I think Dominique Wilkins was in that dunk contest. Like, bro must have been goaded. I also think me, you uh, aren't going anywhere in the NBA, so I'm. Sure I think I there's a. Yes. I think there's a correlation between winning a dunk contest and becoming like a superstar. Yeah, if only that was the case. Like, I'm trying to think back. Who's Obi Toppin won the dunk contest? Okay. Uh, I forget. Superstar. Not yet. Uh, Donovan Mitchell won a dunk contest. Mm. Zach Levine won a dunk contest. Yeah, didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. Aaron Gordon did not win a dunk. Which is why he's not a superstar. Yeah, no. Um. Who else won a dunk contest? Kobe Bryant won a dunk contest. Michael Jordan won a dunk contest. Dwight Howard won a dunk contest. And Vince Carter. Vince Carter contest. was one of the greatest dunk contests of all time. Uh, who else won a dunk contest? He, 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 dunk contest winners. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like Anthony Simons did win the dunk contest. I forgot about that. Okay, your 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 theory is collapsing before my <laughs> very eyes. Why is that? Because twenty twenty, Derek Jones Jr. Jr. Won. did win the dunk. Okay, and so yes, twenty nineteen, Hamadou Diallo won. He did win. So, and then twenty seventeen, Glenn Robinson the third. I forgot about that. I forgot. So, Theory is is a little shaky right now. Yes, you're correct. I forgot about. I forgot. Nate Robinson also won one. 
Terrence Ross and Terrence Jeremy Ross Evans. was great. Terrence okay. Ross was superstar. You you said superstar. Did Gerald Green win a dunk contest? Gerald Green did. Oh eight. Oh seven. I think oh wait it was Nate. Wow, Larry Nance, the first one. Larry Nance, the first, did win a dunk contest. Unfortunately, he was... his son was unable to live up. To <laughs> he was not. Larry Nance won the first dunk contest. Yeah. And no, your son... theory sucks. Yeah. Sorry. Um, bad theory. Damn. Okay. Hamadou ha- Diallo and Derek Jones Jr. are winners. I don't think you can really call. Derek Jones Jr., former, uh, or is he still a trailblazer? I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think he's on a roster. <laughs> like, do you see Scoot Henderson, your boy, signed a deal with Puma today? As he should. I forgot. Like, I saw that day, but I was like, why does that day see you so familiar? And I'm like, that is that is Logan's franchise cornerstone right there. Exactly. Him and is it Victor Wembenyama? Could be. I don't know. Derek Jones Jr. is a member of the Chicago Bulls. Oh, okay. See what he's there. See people talking about Zach Levine and um going to Portland. They don't need another guard. What do you need? Super a star. big. Yeah, oh my gosh. And his name and is a, and a wing. <laughs> and a good defensive wing. And his name is DeAndre Ayton. His name is DeAndre Ayton, but that might not be. You know, you know who would be a good defensive big? Would be a good defense. I'm on the segue right now. Oh my gosh! But we have to we have to open the pod. We'll start the podcast. Logan almost did a segue, so we're just just because of that, we're gonna start the podcast. It's the Stick to Sports podcast with Noah and Logan. Welcome to the Stick Sports podcast. The podcast where our opinions are the only ones that matter. It's Noah. It's Logan. Logan, I want you to continue with. I don't even care how you are. Tell me what who would be the great defensive big. Or like the superstar level that I want, but I don't know why Robert, you need a Robert Williams on the Boston Celtics. Robert Williams on the Boston Celtics would be a great player. He's a great defensive big. And he runs around and causes havoc, and that's what you want your big Yeah, team. yeah. He's he's a really great player for the Celtics. And you know, he might not be having the offensive output that people like the if they're your box score scouting, your box, your the box score scouts, you know, they uh, he doesn't have that. You know what? He has a presence that is very much needed. Yes. And, I mean, you know, what asked me to do my top five players? Well, let's, well, let's talk about the top five players in the series so far. This was my one I was having trouble with, but you know, the segue just fits so perfectly. So who is number five for you? Robert Williams. Likewise, I have Robert Williams in that five spot right there. Robert, Bobby, Bobby Will, Bob Dub. Bob Will the third. The third. Don't forget the third. You better, you better don't say Robert Williams and forget the third. Um, Robert Williams is having quietly one of the better statistic, like outside of the offensive output, like you said. He's having one of the better quiet offensive, um, statistically, you know, eye-popping um, series. Right now, Robert Williams is averaging alone 6.3 points. Again, offensively, he's not really that good, but he's their leading rebounder at 7.5, and, and he averages three blocks a game in the finals. 
three blocks a game. He has been so efficient defensively. This is why right now the defensive rating for the Celtics has been so good. And if you've noticed, the teams aren't outscoring each other in this in these series. Um, in the series at all, like the game four victory, that was a they the Warriors scored 107 points. Right. Like it's not there's not a lot going on. The most points scored was in game one, 120 points by the Celtics. Like it's because everybody not named Steph Curry is incredibly inefficient. Is that and is that their is that the Celtics plan? To be incredibly inefficient? No, to let Steph Curry oh, have Steph cook and have the Warriors be trash. Because, Logan, we, we, we said we put our top five players in these series. How many Warriors are in your top five? Two. One for me. You are, you are disrespecting a key cog in the Warriors machine, my friends, but we will get to that. Am I disrespecting Kevon Looney? No. <laughs> or am I disrespecting Draymond Green? We'll get to it. No, not Draymond. Okay. But uh, no, I have two Warriors. One is a no-brainer, but one is a sneaky good player. A sneaky good player um, overall or a sneaky good player in the, in the playoffs? Because in the, I... In these playoffs. In these playoffs. I... Okay. Uh, I mean, so, hey. I guess I'll move on to my, my number four position. Who's your number four? Oh, well, actually, I also wanted to say I was going through a couple of people for this fifth position. You know, I was like, maybe Marcus Smart, but he's kind of makes some terrible shots sometimes, and yeah, he's hasn't hasn't, hasn't protected the ball very good. No, no, no player, no Celtics player has, but, no, but like especially Marcus, not Marcus. Marcus Smart is like the key turnover machine. But number four, I have Mr. Jason Tatum. You know, it is interesting because a lot of people would be like, why would you make the, why would you have the star of the show that low? However, I, I can't disagree with you here. He's not number four for me, but he's number three for me right now, only because he's doing pretty well statistically. Outside of his inefficiency, he's still averaging 22-7 and damn near eight. He and a steal per game. You're right. The turnovers are bad. Jason Tatum, and, and the inefficiency is also terrible as well because right now he has a true shooting percentage of 47. He's shooting 42% from the field, which is like the worst out of the starters, which you can't have that if you're the star of the, of the, star of the show. Right. And a lot of times people, I feel like Jason Tatum is forgetting like, yeah, you haven't been to the finals before, but you've played a good amount of playoff games. Like you shouldn't be um, this, you shouldn't, it shouldn't seem that you're this discombobulated in this stage. A lot of people forget Jason Tatum's only 23 years old. No, what are you talking about? He's 19. <laughs> but why is he and, number four for you? Um, exactly what you said. He's too inefficient. And I'm sorry when you're the star of the team and you're not efficient and you're not shooting. You're there's a player on the Celtics that's playing better than you right now. And unfortunately, uh that his efficiency is just too damning to have him any higher. Yeah, it, he's like you're the guy. Like he's the guy. He's Jalen Brown can't be the best player on the Celtics for them. Exactly. That's so Jason Tatum has been very disappointing, very inefficient, very inconsistent. 
in, okay. in terms of his efficiency. So I cannot put him any higher. Um, he was number three for me. Let me tell you my number four player. My number four player for me, and I feel like he's high now that I know that Jason Tatum was four for you. I feel like my number four would be higher for you. I, I don't know how how high you're rating that second warrior, but um, for me, my number four player is Derek White. Oh, I actually didn't think of him. <laughs> Derek White has been so good this series in terms of becoming a real spark plug off the bench for um, the Celtics. He's averaging 14 points off the bench, two assists, but he's really coming in and lighting it up. Um, 14 points off 50% from three, by the way. And he has not missed a single free throw. And he's doing it on pretty good efficiency, although his field goal percentage is literally like 37%, um, which is not as high as you want it to be. He's literally hit 10 out of his 23 pointers in this, this past, um, in the past four games. I don't know how he's doing right now. And his offensive rating is, is not as high as you'd like it to be. But at the same time, when he comes into the game, he makes good decisions. Like he's one of the people that does not turn the ball over. Like of the people who are top three, he's not top three in turnover percentage for the Celtics. And at times he's a better ball handler and a better facilitator than Marcus Smart. And he doesn't take that. He's again, lethal from deep. So he's number four for me. And only because like he's, he's out there. He's even though it's not working, he's chasing Curry around on the screens. He's drawing fouls. He's getting to the line. Um, I think actually he's third on the team in total free throws attempted this um, in the series for a bench player. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I think Derek White for me is the fourth most valuable player. I actually, he did not cross my mind. So thank you for <laughs> bringing him up to the listeners. My third player, maybe a surprise, maybe maybe a bit too high for you. But speaking of not not spark plugs, but oh, I already know who it's going to be, isn't it? Hold on. It's Mr. Andrew Wiggins. Whoa, that is not who I thought it was going to be. Talk to me yeah. about it. He the only other one. Uh, you know, his shooting numbers are all right. Shooting, uh, he's averaging. Let me pull up real quick. What's up? No, I did not think of Andrew Wiggins. 42. Andrew Wiggins. He's shooting almost 43%, but you know, solid. Solid. It's solid. He's not shooting off from three, but uh, defensively and, you know, getting those boards, he had 16 rebounds in game four. And Jeez. he's another player. He's one of the only other players that has been able to get some offensive output consistently he has he's had maybe one off game but um his defensive uh capabilities and his ability to get rebounds i feel is kind of vital to the warriors and if steph has to do all the offensive work i think wiggins is doing a lot on the defensive end and helping you know not have this series be you know, a complete Celtic show. And so. I agree with you on that. If without Andrew Wiggins, the defense, I think, has been totally underrated for him. I mean, again, you would like him to shoot a little bit better from three, especially since 
he's taken 22 during the series, um, which is, I think, fourth on the team. Um, first off, everybody on this team is trash. Right now, he has literally the second which highest. Why, which is why I'm not going to knock him for his poor shooting percentage because Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole have both not done well shooting percentage. But Andrew Wiggins does bring defense to the table, and I feel like that is – at least he has that. That is a valuable yeah. thing. He has the lowest uh, defensive rate. Um, he has one of the lowest defensive ratings of all the players. So, like, I'm not going to knock him for, you know, having a terrible, a terrible like, um, shooting he's, day. He's doing the dirty work for Steph, you know. Literally, though, I, I think – and I, and right now, that's what a lot of the Warriors are doing, is doing the dirty work for Steph. Or not even necessarily, Steph is doing the dirty work for them because he's literally the only offense mm. that they have right now. And that's problematic. So him being, I didn't think of Andrew Wiggins as I was making this list, and you didn't think it's Eric White. So I think... Two nice underrated, like, not the players you kind of thought were going to be the big stars of the show, but, you know... I think it's right to give them some credit. Yeah. And then let's go. I feel like our top two are the same. Um, would that be Lavin? Oh, who's number? Are you saying? So I feel, I feel like number two. So number two for me personally is Jalen Brown. Wait, who's your? Oh, your number three was Jason Tatum. Okay. Yeah, no, number three was Jason Tatum. Number two is Jalen Brown for me. Okay. It's the same. Dylan Brown, I said I, I I floated this. I floated this last series, and I floated it a little bit before the finals. I said, "Hey, when are we going to talk about Jalen Brown being like a superstar?" You know, we talk about we talk about him being the Robin to Jason Tatum's Batman, even though he's been there longer with the Celtics. And at times, well, it doesn't matter. Longevity doesn't matter. Longevity doesn't matter, but at times it feels like Jalen Brown is. Just unstoppable out there. Granted, him and Jason Tatum are averaging the same exact amount of points. However, yeah, Jalen Brown has been gobs more efficient. Um, shooting 44% to Jason Tatum's 34%. Um, from three, he's not as efficient as um, Jason Tatum, but at the same and he's not being he's not being the one who's facilitating. Because uh, that's not his role, but still, he's been the guy right now who has been the most efficient player. And at times, he was more efficient than Jason Tatum throughout this entire playoffs. And you see, there's still times where you realize, oh yeah, he is the Robin to um, Jason Tatum. But at the same time, he's somebody I trust with the ball probably more than anyone on the Celtics roster, not named Jason Tatum. And. He's turning. He's turning the ball over slightly less, but that's another situation. The the strongest ball handler in the world. No, and I don't think that he's being asked to do that. Right, he's. I know. You know, I do have to give him credit. He is being way more. He is way more efficient than Tatum right now, and uh, he's picking up Tatum's slack because Tatum is struggling. Yes, I. Like I said, I don't think that the Celtics can win this series with Jalen Brown as their best player. Yeah, I think he operates better in a secondary role. Um, but he has done what he needed to do, and Tatum needs to kind of step up. And I think uh, 
truth be told, I think there will be a situation in which Tatum does step up. Even now, um, with this game going on right now, game game five, Tatum has 13 points at halftime on six of nine shooting, while Jalen Brown has four on two of ten shooting. Like, it's this is this is the situation we were saying that could happen that would cause the Warriors to you know to end up getting it one over on the Celtics, in which you have you don't know who what version of Jason Tatum you're gonna get, and you don't know what version of Jalen Brown you're gonna get. Which is and those inconsistencies. It never seems to. It never if, seems to line up. Exactly, which and that's problematic for them. You know, that's you can't have that happen. Even now, right now, Andrew Wiggins is the leading scorer. Look at scorer Andrew Wiggins. Look at great. Wiggins. He's been doing the dirty work. You know, and seven rebounds right there. Why is he the best rebounder on the on the court? I don't understand. But yeah, I was. You know, you said when I was doing prep for this segment. I was looking at what other people were saying and a lot of the big, you know, media outlets, a lot of them had Clay Thompson on this list. And I just didn't understand. I don't understand that at all. Clay has been I, extremely disappointing. And Jordan Poole even has been like extremely. Jordan Poole has vanished off the face of the earth. And the problem is, which and I'm sure Curry's a clear margin. The problem is the Warriors don't have a second star. Yeah. And Clay and Jordan Poole, who are supposedly supposed to be those stars, are not are not efficient or they're not consistent enough to to be that. And that was my problem. That was my worry with them coming into this series. And I agree with you with that. First off, people talk about Clay because he had an okay game three, I believe, um, shooting the ball. In which, like, he, I think he was, there was a point where he was like 0 for 20 or something like that in his last three point shot. But, um, he's been legit terrible this series. So, people having Klim top five in this, in the series is just terrible to me because he's played around the same amount as, as Steph. He's taken 38 threes and he hit, he's hitting them at a 13% clip, 34%. He's hitting his threes at a 34% clip and he's shooting 35 percent from the field he's averaging 17 points he's not passing the ball he's not rebounding the ball and i understand that he's probably again you're not getting a 100 clay you've never had a 100 clay this entire series but for people that this is your second option quote unquote you know this when you when you won this the the playoffs when you won the finals in 2015 that was a clay that i'm pretty sure scored 37 in like a quarter that was a different clay and then next to you know you had Kevin Durant as your number one slash two, so that second option like you're telling me, yeah, it's it's true. The Warriors don't have a second option right now, and that, Jordan Poole might have been the biggest fraud. Well, I mean, what do you expect? Like this, we we went from talking about like oh Jordan Poole's going to command a lot of money in the near future to he's averaging he went from averaging like thirty in the Grizzly series to twelve. On thirty six from three, that's not. That's... I also think it was kind of silly for us to put those expectations on him. Like he just kind of had a breakout year this year, and for him, us to be like, oh, th- he should be like, I want twenty points tonight on great efficiency. Like that's you can't expect that. Exactly, um, you can't. I, I, I think that you know he wasn't asked to be the second option. No. Of course not. And so, you know, 
unfortunately, it looks like Steph will have to carry the Warriors to a title. And I mean, he's shooting damn near 50% from the field and from three point range. So like he's doing his darndest and I, and, and like, if he can pull this game off, they're currently up, but if he can pull this game up and he wins this, he will undoubtedly win finals MVP. Something that I think when going into the, the series, I said, we have to listen. I literally said, this is the first time we're going to have to see Steph lead this team. Like, and I'm very happy for what I've seen because this is, you know, I don't know if you've seen this, the pundits are saying that this may move, this shows that Stephen Curry is a better leader than Kevin Durant in terms of leading a team. But I bring taking Kevin Durant out of the situation or whatnot, the efficiency that Steph, Stephen Curry is, is producing these numbers at is absurd. Um, but I want to know how much of it is by design and how much of it is by pure talent. I think it's talent. I mean, like, is everyone else shooting just so they can make Steph look better? No, not at all. But I'm just saying the Celtics have obviously shown the Celtics have obviously shown that their idea is, hey, Steph is gonna beat us, and that's that's inevitable. But at the same time, we're gonna make sure everyone else has a terrible offensive performance. So Stephen Curry is. I'll let Stephen Curry. Yeah, that give would you- be fine if. Steph was like producing, but he is, and they're winning because of it. That's the thing. Like you can't. Steph scored forty three in game four, and they won by ten. Exactly. How? Like, I legit. I le- I legitimately think if the Celtics were a lot more sound, or not I, mature is not the word, but if they were a lot more consistent. They were more consistent, and they didn't have the sloppy play and all the turnovers. I think this could have been a very different series. But unfortunately, we've seen the Celtics these entire playoffs, and they've been inconsistent the entire playoffs. Yeah. They should have finished two series back-to-back, probably one game sooner, but they didn't because they're too inefficient. So I can't like, oh, if, if only they get it together because – We've seen them for what? Uh, was it like 20, 22 something games? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I've seen enough to know that they're going to be up and down pretty much every night. So, I don't, and- I don't trust them to get their shit together. So, until they show that they can, I think Steph can take advantage of that and get a win or two if his team isn't helping him out. What does this do for Steph's legacy um, in terms of if he wins this title? And he could see, because I know he's, he, he's adding to his records. He became the first person in, in NBA history to have um, five or more threes in, four, in the four consecutive finals games. He's gobs above um, other people in terms of all-time three-point percentage in the uh, three-point made in the playoffs and the finals. This will be his fourth ring. I will. <laughs> I think people are underestimating if he wins this. This will be his fourth ring. And this will be the he's been six finals in eight years. Yeah. And and winning four of them. Yeah. 
that now, granted, um, if KD wouldn't have come to Golden State, I don't know if they would have won a couple more rings there. I I think KD coming to Golden State helped make them a dynasty. And if he didn't, I don't know if he would have four rings. Or 73 and 19 was without KD. I, I just want to say the 73 and 19 was without KD. Yeah. And they lost. They lost in the yeah. final. <laughs> so... I forget how. Sometimes I forget that KD really that really turned the NBA on its I honestly out. think KD, like, st- I'm not going to take any, anything away from Steph, but I think KD helped make them a dynasty because they won two with him. And if he was healthy and Clay was healthy, they would have won another one with him in 2019. Yeah. Toronto. So I think he helped make the dynasty a bit longer. But this is Steph's team. And if he wins this, you can't, there's no like, oh, but he had this. Oh, but he had this. There's no asterisk. In a, next there's this is Steph's. If Steph wins this series, this is his performance. And like, no one can be like, well, Steph can't win alone. Because he's showing that he is might be able to. Now, what does this do for his legacy? I don't. I would say he's uh, top, top ten. I would say I would like. He has an argument to be, you know, top ten all time. Right. Um, and definitely one of the greatest point guards to ever touch a maybe. basketball. Maybe the best. It's the it's a it's a conversation that we're gonna eventually end up having. Yeah, and then there's um, some clowns like, oh, this is the no, no, that's a silly comment. Is that conversation? I seen Twitter. I don't like take much. I take everything Twitter says with a grain of salt. But there's people who are like, oh, he's in the goat conversation. Like, no, he's not. I think he's in the goat conversation. There's like, so much. There's something thing. different about like. Yes, Steph may get four rings and LeBron has four rings, but there is something entirely different about those two players. <laughs> like, completely different. Yeah, I don't... No, I feel like that's a silly argument to have, but arguably, Steph can be a top... T- like, you could argue he could be one of the top 10 greatest players of all time. Yeah. And certainly up there with maybe the best or second best point guard, depending on... Yeah, Steve Kerr gets another... Gets another ring. Hmm. But yeah, anyway. good for Steph. I'm glad. I I mean, no no Steph slander here. No Steph slander at all. I don't think Steph Steph Curry obviously one of the most influential players. Maybe also. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say the. I wouldn't say the. Hey man. Different generations, you know. Right. I mean, influence looks a lot different <laughs> for our generation for sure. Steph has definitely changed the way a lot of things people are viewed. A lot of players are. I don't think we'll ever like. He's the top two shooter in the in the NBA. Oh, he made three, he revolutionized kind of the, the way. There's only I feel like there's literally only two point five players that can shoot the way Steph does. Dame Dalla. Damian Lillard, and then Trey Young to an extent. No, don't give me that bullshit. That's a point five. That's my point five. He has to be more efficient. That's why. That's why I said to an extent. Like Trey has the range. He's just so inefficient. Oh my gosh! There's only like him and Dame are the only people that do it with the like 
Ah, efficiency. Exactly. Exactly. No way. Who wins game five? Uh, well, I mean, that would pretty much be meaningless. But hey, Celtics, Celtics just started the, the quarter with a 10 run. They, they just literally started the quarter with a 10 run. Jason Tatum. Looking great. Uh, you know, I'm not going to really give it a prediction. I feel like this I, is... I'm, gonna stick to, I'm just going to stick to my original... My original prediction of this series is probably going to be seven games. That's what I'm just going to yeah, say. Yeah, it most likely will. I I only see it going to seven. Yeah. I'm going to stick with the Warriors winning in seven. I think that's what I originally had. But, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Are we... Looks like a different for the NBA. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of quick. I feel like it's because less series, you know? It's true. We only, only have like two or three more games of basketball left. And yeah, geez. How you feel about that, Logan? It's okay. Football will come soon enough. Football will come soon enough. And you have the off we have the off season. And every single off season in every sport so far has been great. Has been yeah, it has been great. Like so trend, college football, amazing. Co- NFL amazing, college basketball amazing. They like we can only go four for four at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Even the transfer for the not transfer. You know, with the way the Celtics play, we might not go four for four. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Jason said him another three. Oh my goodness, yeah, what he, a he, heard, he hears me chirping at him. He that's what the, it just happens. Just happens. Um, let's talk about some NFL, shall we? Okay. Well, Logan, I asked you, you well, you asked me to do this actually, to give three players that are gonna break out and okay. three players that are gonna fall off yeah. next year. Well and three players that I feel either are they gonna fall off or have really high expectations of them like people are projecting a jump, but maybe you don't think that jump is gonna come. Yeah. And it could be more than three if you if you have some. It probably might be. It probably might be. Um, here's the thing. At least three. Here's the thing. You you did a lot more prep on me on this than I did. I did. I did. And I'm very excited to hear your players and give you mine because obviously they came out the top of my head for me. So, like Logan, you want me to go first? Go first. Go first. Tell me who is your first player Logan. that you think. Is gonna have a breakout season next year. A really, someone we're a big fan of here. Please tell me. I have six sports, Mr. Rashad Bateman. He's so great. No, we're. I'm a big fan of pretty much every Baltimore Raven that's on that team right now, but (laughs) him especially, I feel. You know, Marquise drops galore. Brown has left for for drier pastures in the great state of Arizona. So it looks like Rashad Bayman is wide receiver one. Now we, we both know that Greg Roman doesn't really value the wide receiver position. Definitely not as much as the, you know, your average offensive coordinator. Don't However, know. Lamar has to throw to someone. So Lamar does have to throw to someone. And I feel like Rashad Bayman in the, in the limited time we saw him, he looked 
relatively good. I, I remember the Dolphins game specifically. The last drive, he like targeted Bateman every single play, and he delivered every single play. So he's just got great route running. We said that so much when he was coming out of Minnesota. His catch radius is great. So great. His yak is great. Like everything about him is great. And I want him to succeed so much. And I feel like, yes, you know, you have the running back committee, you have Mark Andrews. It seems like they're leading into a very like tight end running back heavy scheme. I just, there has to be some downfield threat at some point. So I feel like Rashad Bateman is the best candidate for that role. So I agree with you. I'm projecting a, a surprise year for Mr. Rashad Bateman. I agree with you. I think Rashad Bateman is one of the better young. This is our potentially, we said this, this is the, for this class. We said Rashad Bateman, in our opinion, was going to be the best receiver out of that class, which I so, is I so crazy. Badly, I so badly want it to come true. Like and it's it's crazy because that is a class that includes Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. Yes, yes. But I'm still sticking by it. I legitimately think Rashad Bateman is like amazing. And he didn't get a lot of chances this year, but at the end of the year he really showed out. And yeah, he might not have had the numbers. The Ravens, the Ravens apparently think he's wide receiver one material. Good. Good. And enough to trade away more. And I mean <laughs> The Ravens are a smart organization. Marquise yeah. is on the last year of his deal. They see the wide receiver money that these guys are getting paid. Marquise Brown, sadly, is not worthy of a deal like these high-end receivers are getting. And to turn that into a first-round pick that lands you possibly, I think they drafted Linderbaum with that pick, a, a yeah. franchise center for the next 12 years, that's just great business. They turn – like so. It's the Ravens, man. I, I I get like he's a he's a good player. It's Lamar's friends, but you know, business is business. Business business. Uh, um, Char Bayman is is can fill those shoes. I feel. Yeah, I agree with you with that one. I think for me, my uh my first breakout player, and I've been I've been on this this guy's um this guy's radar for a, a long time, obviously, and I think now he's finally showing um that he's can be a great receiver um he earning a pro bowl nod um this past year and surprisingly he isn't not like he's not Rashad Bateman in being the this this team's wide receiver one because they got their wide receiver one during the offseason but this guy I think is going to flourish as he got a thousand yards this year I think he get a thousand more being the legit number two guy and being one of the best route runners in the NFL it's Hunter Renfro Oh, okay. Okay. I think Renfro is going to be a, have a great season um, next year. Obviously, towards the beginning of this year, he had he was competing with Zay Jones, um, Henry Ruggs, while he was still you know a free man, and um, and just a bunch of other uh, a bunch of other people on that roster. But obviously, she showed he showed that he could be a great. Um, like one of the better route runners in the in the NFL, he actually you would think with more um, targets that he would his um, receptions or his um, catch percentage would go down. No, it went up really good. Well, actually, he had an eighty percent catch uh, cap, catch percentage this past. That's that um, slot receiver. It's a great slot receiver. In one hundred six touches, he had nine point eight yards per touch. He was getting a a 
first down with damn near every every touch, which is amazing. And his 61 yards per game is pretty good, pretty good um volume for a guy who put in about nine touchdowns last year. So, and this is a guy who didn't even who wasn't even a starting receiver for much of the year. So I think Hunter Renfro, and he still got 1,038 yards. It's 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 almost like too good to be true. And I think with Devontae Adams being like the number one guy, Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of the attention. You your slot receiver. He's gonna be he's gonna be vital to that offense. So I think, it's, and with Josh McDaniels knowing how to use a slot receiver, I hey, better watch out for Renfro. Yeah, better watch out for Hunter Renfro. I like that. I like that. Um, my second guy is a quarterback. As a quarterback, you know, I'm gonna. I wonder because I don't have a quarterback in my breakout, but I have a quarterback in my disappointment. Okay. Who's your Who's your guy? It's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, interesting. I thought that was going to be the your guy you picked. Yeah, you know, on paper he he didn't have the greatest season. He didn't lead the league not. in picks, but you know, no, he didn't lead the league in picks. I thought he had seventeen. That was Stafford. Stafford. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm. Um, you double check that. I'm pretty okay. Sure. Anyway, go 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 go. But um, so you know, I can't really blame that all on him. The Jaguars had subpar weapons, subpar offense. Yeah, no Stafford. It was Stafford. Stafford had twenty picks last year. Jeez, how many? Did, well, Trevor Lawrence had seventeen ish, right? Yeah, yeah, he had seventeen. Uh, like not ideal for your rookie. No, However, of you know, even though he had those moments, like those are growing pains. It, he's a rookie quarterback. He's adjusting. But I did see good things. I saw flashes from him, and the most important thing I saw was his poise in the pocket. He stood there like a wall and did not flinch when there were pass rushers at him. He did not panic sure. like some other quarterbacks in that class. Mr. Justin Fields, Mr. Zach Wilson panic when they're pressured. Trevor Lawrence doesn't do that. And I feel like that is one of, you can't really teach that. And if he's able to, you know, they improve their offensive line this off season, they improve their receiving core, not, with names that we might have liked. However, I mean, Brandon did, Sheriff, I, I like that. Yeah, exactly. They did improve their receiving core and offensive line. So I think because he's able to stay calm under pressure and he has an improved team around him, I think that he will take that next step. Not to like a superstar quarterback, but you will see growth from him, I feel. Yeah. I don't think 17 interceptions is not going to happen again. I, I think he will be a much more polished quarterback next year. So and he's gonna have better receivers than the quality track. Right. And he'll have a better environment around him. He doesn't have to deal with all the crap with Urban Meyer. Like it's Doug Peterson's a solid head coach. You have yeah, yeah, yeah. everything is stabler. So I feel like he's I'm gonna project a jump from him. All right. I'm gonna my guy here. It's not yet 25. Um mm-hmm had the potential to be one of the better um, players at his position at one point. Injury prone as hell. Oh, injury prone. Um, this is an older fella. Huh? So this isn't like a second year player. It's just like a... It's not an older fella. I told you he's not yet 25. Okay. But personally, you know, the consensus around him is that he's a bust. And granted, at his, at his position, oh, oh, at his draft position, you don't draft someone at this position. Like this high. But 
I think with a new coaching system around him, mm-hmm. I think you can mold him into something that you've seen even older players um, have and with a better O-line and whatnot. This man, you know this guy. I feel like I know this Coming guy. from our, our, our alma mater, Logan, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, as you said. Saquon Barkley has probably what it's only been four years and yet his career has been so sad oh we said this when he was drafted he's gonna go just his career is just gonna die in 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 new york he's had three different head coaches um his o-line has been terrible but here's my thing it's time to start using him the way running backs are supposed to be used now in a committee in a committee and understand that you have players like you have these younger running backs like DeAndre Swift and um, I'm trying to think who else DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson and whatnot taking on roles as legit pass catchers as well as rushers. If you could stop trying to mold Saquon Barkley into Nick Chubb and start or Derek Henry and start trying to mold him into someone like Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey, you could get, I think, good value out. This is still, huh? Injury prone. Uh, he is injury prone. Christian McCaffrey. He's got that in common. Yeah, exactly. He's he is. Injury, he is injury prone, but at the same time, I think, first off, his injury this last season was just was just it was just terrible. It was it was, it was, a, it was kind of a, a silly one. Um, the year before, obviously the ACL in the 2019, he came back from the high ankle sprain way too early. High ankle, high ankle sprains are a toughie for running backs. I feel like they never really come back from those. And put put that with being one being behind one of the worst offensive lines in football it hasn't really been good for his career. You turn him into, you turn him into even the year he tore his ACL. He, it was a terrible year for him. Before, um, I think that against the Bears, he had like 150 yards receiving, oh, but like. Yeah. That was like dreadful on the ground. So stop turning him into a ground quarterback. This guy still had 593 yards on the ground and 263 yards in the air. He has had a career 73% catch percentage. And he's getting 5.7 yards per target. You put him, you get him in the flash or even put him out there. Put him on a route. We've said this. I think we've literally said this. Put this guy on a route. Brian Dable knows how to get the most out of his players. And that's why I think this year's offense is going to look good with, um, with him. And Daniel Jones is a mobile QB. I would, I, I, I want to see some tricks, some tricky stuff. You know, I think Saquon Barkley is going to have a good year next year. I think the people are expecting such a regression from him, but players like him with that work ethic and with that talent aren't players that just go by. You know, that just you know have a fall off to their career. If he doesn't have a good career here. I don't know if they picked up his fifth-year option or not. Um, I don't think they did. If he doesn't have a good career here, hey, he can. I think he's he could go somewhere else and have an even better one. Yeah, I just. I, I don't think this is the. I don't think this is the swan song of his. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know if I necessarily believe he can be a three-down back anymore. Of course I, not. I just don't. He's too injury-prone for me to feel comfortable, but I feel like he can really excel in an Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. That's the thing. Like people yeah, need to stop. I believe that he can be that that pass catching back. I don't know exactly. About, like I don't like I know he can run. I know he can rush well, but 
for the sake of his health, maybe not be a three down back. Matt well, Brandt. we we saw this even in college. In college, he slowly became the more of a pass catching back. His re- rushing yards went down his in his last year, and he had six hundred thirty two rece- um, receiving yards yeah, in his. That was, um, that was probably a big part of why the Giants drafted him because he was so well rounded. Exactly, and he has that extra burst of speed. I don't. Saquon Barkley is that. There's a you don't just draft a running back number two overall for the hell, hell of it, you know. Like, granted, don't ever draft a running back that high, kids. But like, you don't draft someone that high, especially a running back, just because just like they must they must have liked what they saw, you know. He was a generational talent. Like when that's what people said about him. So, I I hope I hope that you're prediction comes true i don't want to see him fail um but it's just, he's just very, his injury history is scary but i yeah. hope that dable can kind of get the best out of him yeah and maybe they bring someone else in to kind of like have that committee because i feel like yeah it's not going to be good for your fantasy stats but barkley in a committee i feel is better for the the, the success of him and the Giants than if he was just the bell cow. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, speaking of Brian Dabble, let's go to his former home of Buffalo for my final breakout player. Why is Gregory Rousseau? Oh, our guy, Greg Rousseau. Our guy, Gregory Rousseau. Now, he only had four sacks last year. I think he only had like 25 something pressures. However, the Bills signed Von Miller this offseason, and I feel that Von Miller on the other side is going to free up a lot of, you know, maybe they double-team Von Miller will free up the other side for Gregory Rousseau to kind of, you know, take advantage of that. So I'm projecting a, a development, I'm projecting growth from Gregory Rousseau next year. I think that Bill's defense has good pieces, and I think that it will help him, Rousseau, excel on the other side. Yeah, I, I like Gregor Rousseau. We you know, one of the I saw um someone Fox maybe Fox NFL yeah tweeted out about a bunch of sophomore sophomore players and if they're gonna be great and they didn't have him on the list, so I thought I would. Do that here, you know, give him some love because he was one of our guys. I think we ranked him very high. So, yeah, he's my third player. Okay. I, that's a great player. I think you're not going to like this. This You're not going to not like, you're gonna, not going to expect it. First off, Gregory, so freak of nature. Um, we loved him coming mm-hmm. here. I think we ranked him one. He was at a <laughs> one or three, I feel. Of our defense. Sure. We just had all the Miami. Defensive ends high. That Miami team was so great. That Miami team was so great. We had we had a lot of, but he we liked him coming out. So I, and he showed us some flashes last year, and I feel like that acquisition of Amor again is is going to help free up some space for him to work and operate. So I I feel like I I think he's going to do good things next year. Okay, but my next so, my next guy here is coming. Right. Uh, he's uh he's uh. Coming up on a contract year, you know. A contract uh, year, you know. That's when players excel. That's when players excel. You know, you know, Logan. Coming up on a contract year, in a year where players at this possession are starting to get paid oh. handsomely. 
Oh, handsomely. Handsomely. Um, and right now, there's, there's that group, uh, this top 10 group that I feel like has been so solid for the last couple, couple um, last year or so. And it's time for this guy to break into this top 10 group of corners in the oh, NFL. Corners in the NFL. Okay. Logan, I'll tell you, the name that's going to come out of your, my mouth is not something you're going to expect. Logan, this guy, he's uh, he's been one of the better – he was one of the better um, players and he was a breakout player to, in this team's runs to the NFC Championship and Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And this year, too, he had a great postseason, having one of his – what a – an amazing game against Dallas. Mr. Emmanuel Mosley. Oh, okay. Emmanuel Mosley is slowly becoming one of the better cover corners in the NFL. And it's time for the disrespect to stop. Are they disrespecting him? They're they're disrespecting him by not giving him the love. Oh, okay. I see. I see. It's unintentional disrespect, but you know, you got to spread the word. Exactly. His rookie year, he didn't start any games. He started one game. Uh, he played one game. He didn't even start. Um, since he began in 2019, he was, again, instrumental in their run to the, um, the Super Bowl. Logan, I want, what do you think is the highest um, in his three years? What do you think is the highest um, pass completion percentage allowed by him? Say 51%. Okay, no, he's not that good. Oh, okay. His highest has been 58.9%. Oh, okay. He's not, he's not that level yet. But, you know, he's, no, he's, he's not that level. A 55 targets, 11 games, five targets, 56.4. He's okay. only missed – he only missed his tackles on eight point – he only had an 8.7 missed tackle. QBs were uh, – QBs had a rating of 65.6 against him. A gigantic drop from the 98.8 he allowed the year before. Oh, wow. Look at that growth. He only allowed 318 yards all year. Wow. And for a lot of times, he was the number one, the number, he was guarding the team's, the opposing team's number one, um, um, number one option. Yards after catch all year, 118. Oh, you know. Down from 143. That's great in coverage. Down from 143 the year before and down from 227 um, the year before that. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley is going to have a breakout year being corner one in San Francisco. I I, I legitimately, I, I just like you picked J.C. Jackson that one year before he went off, I'm picking yeah, him. I like that. I like that pick. And also, only one interception. They don't throw to him. That's all right. You know, interceptions don't make a corner. And they're Interceptions do not make a corner. That's we'll why get to that later. We'll terrible. get to Wait. Later. Later. All right, all right. I guess that means let's move on. Let's well, move I was on. just hold on before we move on. I just want to throw out a couple more players. Um, the two guys I was telling you about earlier who were like, they had a great year last year in rookies, mm-hmm. but I'm like maybe they can make an even bigger jump into like top five, top ten status of their positions respectively. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I already think he's a top five tight end, well, but I think he can like excel even more than what he's done. Like he already, he had a thousand yards last year, like, but I think he can do more. Yeah. 
And then Najee Harris, who had quite, a, he had, I think he was like the fourth leading rusher. Yeah, which is just wild. Um, I think he hopefully this year will realize that he can run people over. Stop trying to be fancy. Don't dance around. You're like, you're Derrick Henry 2.0. Run people over. You can do it. So I feel like that will improve his efficiency a bit more because his yards per carry were very low compared to most other good running backs. Yeah. And I feel like I'm projecting, but he can take that jump to maybe top 10 running back status. I don't think he's there yet, but I think a good season where he kind of is more efficient. He can, he can make that jump. Uh, another guy I have is Gabe Davis, who I projected last year to have a breakout season. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. The one I was expecting, but with, um, I think Emmanuel Sanders is gone or he's old. It doesn't really matter if he's there. Or it not. Doesn't. Yeah. And, um, well, Cole, Gabe Davis had a amazing AFC championship. Cole Beasley's gone. Jameson Crowder is not like he's a good player, but he's not a guy that I'm like, he's a number two. Yeah. So I feel like Gabe Davis, hopefully he makes that jump to number like, he, I think he'll be the wide receiver too and he makes that jump. Um, JK Dobbins, if he's healthy, yeah, even Gus Edwards. I think, so, uh, we were excited, I think we were excited for him last year. We were excited for the entire Ravens. I'm pretty um, sure I drafted JK Dobbins in my fantasy league. You did, only for him to get injured. And then, last but not least, I saw this on Twitter floating around Juju on the Chiefs. Chiefs are gonna be interesting next year. He doesn't have to be the number one option. He will probably play in the slot, and I think he will excel there. That's a great spot for Juju. I I, I think he's a bit yeah. tall for a slot receiver too. But you know, McCall Hartman and MVS are going to be on the outside, so I feel like yeah. doing this like ooh. So have a great year. I won't take credit for that one. I saw that on Twitter, but I think that would be cool if you could see. Like, you hear think, about speaking of the Chiefs? You hear about? I feel Tyler. like Juju is overhated. He is overhated because it's TikTok. Yeah. Anyway, did you hear that Tyreek Hill said two was more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? I did see that. Um, and, uh, but, you know, what is he supposed to say? Yeah. But didn't he also say, like, didn't he, like, diss Patrick Mahomes as well at the end of that interview? Yeah, I don't even. Like, didn't he? That, the part where he was, like, what was he supposed to say? Like, Okay, Tyreek. I understand. Yeah. Like, I, it is what it is, but you know, the numbers don't even support it. I'm sure he'll miss Patrick Mahomes in December. Yeah. <laughs> um, give me your give me your fall off. Give me your biggest fall off right now. Your top three. Number one, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. He's not repeating that 11 interception season, and unfortunately, that's. His best attribute is catching the football. He is not good in coverage at all. And I do not think I, I think he'll get torched. And we saw it in the 49ers playoff game. He got torched by Brandon Ayuk. And, I, and I'm sorry. Interceptions are incredibly hard to replicate season after season. And I I just feel like I understand he, he's talented. He's a talented corner. Yeah. 
he's had problems in coverage his entire like his both years he's been in the league. So I I don't think I don't foresee that getting much better. And if he can't doesn't have those interception numbers, which he he did last year, and he rightfully deserves all the accolades he got. But I that's not easily replicated. So I I just foresee a slight drop off in production from him because of his poor coverage skills. I'm gonna say my uh my biggest drop off is not due to his talent and not due to me thinking that he's gonna regress at all as the player, but only be, he's not gonna have as dominant of a defensive season that he's had the last two years. Um, in two different two different systems, by the way. Um, he had a great year in Arizona in 2020 and a great year going back to to um to play for his college coach, I believe. Did he go to Temple? Um, Hassan Reddick. Yeah, he did. Oh, Temple. Um, Hassan Reddick's gonna have a very. He decided to not just go play for his Temple coach, but now he's decided to go to Philly to play near Temple. I don't know what's going on with him. He's going home. Going home. Oh. He's from Jersey. Um, I think he's gonna have a. I think he's gonna fall off. You are not. He had a twelve and a half sack season and an 11, 11 sack season, back to back after literally getting I think seven and a half sacks the first first three years in the league. Well, um, they didn't know how to use him in Carolina, not Carolina, in Arizona. In Arizona, they're not gonna know how to use him in um in Philadelphia. And even if they did, even if they did, even if they did, even if they did, okay, Logan, this like the one thing they did, they drafted Nakobe Dean, but he's a rookie, so I don't know how um how impactful Nakobe Dean's gonna be for the um he's Eagles. Really much What'd you say? A pass rusher. He's not. Which makes what I'm about to say completely true. That so much attention is gonna be given to um Hassan Reddick as the primary pass rusher out of that out of that linebacker core. And it's the only thing I see is regression. I don't think we're going to see another like dump, like for him to put up uh, the, the same stats that he put up, he would be easily the best player on that Eagles defense. Correct. Mm, Darius Slay is better. Darius Slay is better, but in terms of pass rushing. Oh, um, Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave is there. Oh, I love Javon Hargrave. It was great last but year. I'm just saying in terms of that linebacker core, like in this, production, in terms of production, then he would. He, yes, he is the best linebacker in that core. And that's the thing. I, I, I truly don't expect the same season. I, I'm telling you right now. I, I'm putting the over under at six and a half sacks, which is not a terrible season by any means for a linebacker or for any defensive player. But I, I just, I don't, I don't see the same production coming from Hassan Reddick that we've had, we've seen in the last couple of seasons. Honorable mention, Trey Hendrickson. I don't know if I... I don't really want to agree with you. Because I, I don't... I don't think he'll regress. I think he just won't have the production because he's yeah. on a better defense. Okay. I think that, you know, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and Jordan Davis and Derek Barnett, like the presence of all these other pass rushers will probably take away from some of that production, but I think he'll still be an effective player. Well, like, of course, of course. I just maybe maybe you're right, like he won't have the double digit sack production, but I still think he'll be an effective player. 
Yeah. So I'll agree with you in a slight decline in production, but I think he'll still be effective. Yeah. My second player. It's Jerry Judy. Wow. He's a player that a lot of people think is going to break out because of Mr. Russell Wilson, right? Um, I don't see it. I would have to disagree. Well, I'll let me explain. Okay. So Russ Russell Wilson is is kind of a guy who likes to scramble around, play out of structure a bit. And he likes to use the outside of the field, right? Yeah. Likes to throw towards the sidelines. In fact, his heat map of his throwing says exactly that. His most of his throws went to the sideline. Yeah. His the the middle of the field is ice cold, blue. And, Jer- and Jerry Judy last season lined up in the slot for 82% of his plays, yeah. which helped increase his catch radius, uh, catch percentage. Like he his rookie season, he cannot catch football. Um, being in the slot helped that. Um, you kind of have, have free releases. Don't got to worry about like man-to-man as much. So – where does the slot primarily run their routes? The middle of the field. Middle of the field, yeah. I don't think Russ is going to target him as much as people think he is. I, I think he'll target those outside guys like KJ Ham or, or Tim Patrick or Cortland yeah. healthy more, and they'll be more effective than Jerry Judy because I just don't see Russ – utilizing the middle of the field as much as people think he is going to because the way he plays he doesn't do it okay i agree with that i agree with that to an extent because i don't i don't want that to be a knock on jerry judy's talent because i think he's one of the better no, it, it's not his fault it, it's not his fault that he plays primary like his best he plays best in the slot that's like it's not his fault but People are assuming that Russell Wilson coming there is going to make Jerry Judy this all like this Pro Bowl receiver. Yeah, and I think that they're just associate like, oh, it's Russ. Oh, it's a good, it's like a solid receiver. It, it has to work. I just don't think it's going. I think it's a. We're probably going to see a different receiver excel, like an outside receiver. Okay. I just, I just don't think like. I'll send you the heat map. <laughs> okay. Russell and, does not throw to the middle of the field. All right. I, I, I could see where you're going for that. I, I So this is me telling you don't draft Jerry Judy in fantasy. All right. And this is me telling you not to draft DJ Moore in fantasy. Oh, okay. Look, the same way you think um, Jerry Judy is going to have a uh, regression. Uh, no, a regression right. due to. He's not going to break out. So DJ Moore just signed a brand spanking new extension, um, and he and he's he's great. He had a eleven hundred yards last year, not as many touchdowns as you'd like to see, but he had one of a, he had a career year, right? I would say he he was he started off pretty good. He started off pretty good. Like, let me tell you, let me tell you these numbers, right? He was he was definitely eight hundred fifty four yards in the in twelve games, eight hundred fifty four yards. 12.9 yards per reception. Um, granted, catch percentage could be up, but he was the number one option. 58.9% catch percentage. 
uh, seven yards per target, right? Uh, and four touchdowns. Okay. That and granted the touchdowns, I'm not going to knock him too much. His quarterbacks were legitimately trash, right? And then so 854 yards, all that, right? Now let me tell you these. Let me tell you these numbers. In four games, 219 yards on 51% catch percentage, and um, 10 yards per reception. Okay. Do you know what? The, what significant those significance those stats have? You tell. Uh oh, zero touchdowns by the way in those four games. Um, the first 850 yards, 12 games, four touchdowns, 11 yards, all the all those crazy stats. Those pretty good stats for a receiver came before week 13. Post week 13, 219 yards, 50 percent catch percentage, a significant drop in production. It's changing post post week 13. Week 13, Joe Brady was fired. Well, he was. He had some shitty quarterbacks. He had some cre- terrible quarterbacks, but that was week 13. Jerry, um, Joe Brady was fired. Mm-hmm. DJ Ward now has to go into this season with a coach that I don't know if he'll make it the whole season. In terms of coaches. Coach. In terms of coaches that I literally, I said the same thing to you last episode. I know. I just, I don't want to believe it. And I, I think denial is the best way to get through this. In terms of the coaches, I feel like are number one on the chopping chopping block. It's Matt Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule easily. Matt Rule and Cliff Kingsbury side by side, but unfortunately, Cliff Kingsbury got that extension. Yeah, the Cardinals don't know how to run a front office or an organization very well. But the car, the Carolina Panthers are going to be a terrible, terrible team next year. Absolutely, they will be. Um, and because I don't know what quarterbacks is, what quarterbacks going to play. We talked about this. It's going to be Sam Darnold. It will be Sam Darnold. Matt Corral will come in. And Matt Corral is going to come in. And he's going to be the only quarterback to play. And DJ Moore is going to have a terrible year because of the dysfunction that's happening within this Panthers front office and with their personnel. That's, that's, it's not his fault. DJ Moore is great. But this, uh, these, the numbers don't lie. When you don't have an offensive coordinator that goes to your strengths, and that's DJ Moore's uh, very fast receiver who can do a lot on the field. Yeah, I, I Good think they already paid him. That makes sense. Maybe with Christian McCaffrey healthy and involved in the offense, it will open up other like players to be successful. Yeah, I, I mean, like that, I feel like that Panthers offense like completely changed once Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Yeah, of course, one hundred percent. Sam Darnold stops looking good. Were undefe- weren't they? Weren't they undefeated? DJ Moore was having like he had the first in September. He was killing it. They were like three and zero. Granted, they played some shit teams, but yes. they were three and zero. DJ Moore was the talk of the town. He was killing it, and Sam Darnold. Everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, Sam Darnold is different. He's changed." But no, Kershaw <laughs> McCaffrey got hurt, and it all went downhill. Do you want to give me your last guy? Because my last guy is gonna hurt you. I don't. It's gonna hurt you bad. It's gonna hurt me bad. Yeah, if it's yeah. not on Saints or Jets. No, it's it's a player you like much, very much. All right. So this this one, you know, it's funny you talk about Trayvon Diggs and how, um, his ability to catch a ball because you might as well switch to offense because there's who's gonna catch a ball in this Cowboys offense and what's gonna happen to Dakota Prescott. I think we've seen the peak. 
I think we've seen Pete Dakota Prescott. You saw Pete Dakota Prescott in his rookie year, unfortunately. <laughs> I legitimately think. I legit. No, I, I feel like Dak is such a hard quarterback to talk about because, like, I think he does things well. Well, like, how are you gonna how are you gonna talk bad about a quarterback that had over forty four hundred yards, thirty seven yeah, touchdowns? Like, he's interceptions. A good quarterback. I just don't think like there's a tier. There's there's a quarterbacks that you can go win games with. I think a Dan Orlovsky or or Orlovs. I don't think you say his last name. Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. Tweet this out. There's quarterbacks that you can that win you games and quarterbacks that you can win with, you know? Yeah. I feel like Dak is right on that line. Yes, legitimately. Like, he is – I feel like he needs more, things to be kind so of perfect, perfect to succeed. And every year since his rookie year, his team has got worse. And I think he's – never really recaptured how well he looked in his rookie year because of how perfect his team was. However, I do think he still is a talented quarterback. I just don't know if he's a guy that can take you to the next tier with a team that is so talent stripped as the Cowboys are right now. It's so interesting that he had – one of the, the set in terms of yardage, second best year of his career. He had the highest completion percentage of his career with 68.8%. Um, one of the better accuracy seasons, touchdown percentage seasons. But yet, his QBR was the lowest it's ever been. He's a B-plus quarterback. He's like the definition of good quarterback. Not great, not average. He's good. It, it's, it's just very interesting. And even with that, he only managed two game-winning drives this year and one fourth-quarter comeback. It, and Amari Cooper is gone. Michael Gallup is gone. I, I thought Michael Gallup, they signed him again. No, Michael Gallup left, I thought. Oh. I could have sworn he left. I thought that's the one that they... Um, Cedric, they no, no, they did sign Michael Gallup. It's yeah, Cedric, they signed, Cedric Wilson. Wilson is gone. That Cedric is a Wilson is gone. And, and Dalton Schultz right now is. I see. Yeah, I see. Like he's, he's unhappy because he wants it to, an extension, and they're not giving it. Their to offensive him. line has gotten worse. They, um, they, Lyle Collins isn't there anymore. Um, like those, like the Cowboy offensive linemen that like we're familiar with are older now, and they're more injury prone. Zeke is not. Zeke is not, not the best. Good thing at, on the, on the Pollard is. CD Lamb and Tony Pollard are probably your two best weapons. Um, so I just, I mean, it is the NFC East. Yeah, but legitimately, the defense has pieces that I like. Well, the thing is, the NFC East usually is the division that anyone, any team could win. But right now, the NFC East is one of the most volatile divisions, meaning like a team, one of those teams could be a Super Bowl contender and one of those teams could be at or be the worst in the division at the same time, in, in my humble opinion. Like it's, it's actually. Very con- weird how the NFC East is built. To, to talk about once we get to it. Because it, it, you're right, it is all over the place. But, yeah, I mean, I still feel like Dak will put up numbers. But that's if, – if But they're just numbers. If that's all that it is, like he's – of all the numbers that padding QBs, like there's – like with Dak, Dak I don't – Patford and Dak Prescott. I just don't see – 
I don't see it, you know? That's fair. That's fair. Um, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Do you want to take a guess? Uh, it's a player I like a lot. You have his jersey. He's not a Saints or a Jets player. No. Okay, thank God. So that's going to hurt a little bit less. So I'm going to assume... Fantasy football merchant. I have his jersey? You have his jersey. It's not Ayuk. No. Oh. You're, you're correct, but that's Andre because... Andre Swift yeah. is yeah. not going to be the player that people think he's going to be. I don't know. What, what do people think he's going to be? What what is it that people think he's gonna be? I feel yeah. like you're. I feel like he, they think he's gonna be one, like one of the best running backs in the league. I really don't think. I personally I don't think they do. I don't no, think he's. Sorry, a, I don't even they, think he's fifteen. They, I mean, fantasy people, and I feel like. Oh, okay. Is- so you're talking to me. You know, I like DeAndre Swift for the little thing, the gritty things that he does. I think he could be a legit runner and a legit he has the build for it time out here i'll let me talk about DeAndre Smith because i just believe heavily he can't be an elite runner he's he has the build for it i i don't care if he has a build for it he hasn't shown it okay um let's talk about detroit let's talk about detroit right i think they have a really good offensive line you should go look at their offensive line because i think it's really good their offensive line is great i've never Detroit's offensive line is Why don't you make that face? Because I'm looking at stats before DeAndre's just injury, and I would. Okay. Jared Goff is is their quarterback. Yes. You would think that Jared Goff being your quarterback can make you want to run the ball, right? Not even. I think Jared Goff is a viable passer, and you have two good wide receivers. If Jared Goff is your quarterback, what are you going to be more inclined to do? Run oh, the football run. or have Jared Goff throw it. Run the football. I think Dan Campbell. I don't know what Dan Campbell does actually. So a good offensive line, a scheme that is heavily favored towards a running back. How yet he still split carries with Jamal Williams. That is a situation that a running back who is a good pure rusher should succeed in, and I don't think DeAndre Swift is that. He doesn't have good vision. Okay. He's not good after contact. Okay. I don't think he's a three-down back. I, I think don't. More okay, since when, since when are we okay with – he's more of a receiving threat? Is that what you're about to say? He's more receiving threat. I – so the thing I is – I don't think he can be a three-down back. I don't think he has to be a three-down back. You don't need a three-down back. I think back. people think he can be. I mm, – DeAndre Swift for me has always been one of those players that you, you would see. Okay, first off, I'll tell you. Here's the mold. You're either Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. I look at I look at DeAndre DeAndre Swift as someone who fits into the your your career path is going towards the Alvin Kamara route. DeAndre Swift has a seventy nine point five percent catch catch percentage. That is mm-hmm. absurd, especially considering he had he was targeted seventy eight times last year for four hundred fifty two yards. He was a better catcher than runner this this past year. But not saying that he isn't a good runner because before his injury in week 11, against your Steelers, by the way, he had 33 carries on for 130 yards and then followed it up. Even though that's only 3.9 yards per carry, you're like, oh, the efficiency is terrible on that. Okay, let's move over to the Cleveland game. A Cleveland 
front seven that's actually really good against the rush. He had 14 carries for 136 yards, 9.7 yards per carry, with his longest rush being, I think, 60 yards. But so even with that, he was still quite efficient. DeAndre Swift is a very inconsistent runner, but is an amazing pass catcher. He had two, two games this year with 10 or more targets and had a bunch of games this year with five or more. I hope no one thinks that he's going to be this guy who's going to be uh, – three down back, who's going to be your Nick Chubb or whatnot. I don't think he should be. I don't think he can be. He's 5'9", two. I'm sure, there's people out there, I'm sure there's people out there who think he's going to be. No, I'm okay with him spending running backs with Jamal Williams. BYU's strong, baby. But like, I just don't think he can be. I don't think he's a top 15 back. I, I'm looking. Top, no, I don't think he's top 15. He's after contact, I don't think he has good vision. He. You're right, he doesn't. Most Georgia running backs don't. Before contact. For attempts, had 2.5 this year. After contact, he had 1.5 yards per attempt. He got a full yard worse after contact. So I just don't. The the rushing ability is not there. So if anyone is expecting him to be that three down rushing back, no, it's not happening. If you think he's going to be a good receiving back for your fantasy team, then you're fine. Well, first off, I would like to, again, if you... Which is why I don't like yeah. fantasy people. Because yeah, and the thing is, too, we were really huge fantasy people. His narrative has been overblown to where he's like, oh, he's so great. He's not. He, we looked at the stats. We are like, what the fuck? How did he get 30 points out of this? <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite it's surprising. Very, very misleading. So I just feel like if anyone is thinking that John Swift is going to be you know, one of those top-tier running backs in the NFL, I, I, I think you're sadly mistaken. Uh, honorable mention for fall-off um, running backs, Antonio Gibson, bro. I was so happy when J.D. McKissick was leaving. I was so happy. I was like, Antonio Gibson is about to have the greatest year ever. But he did have 1,000 yards last year, which, again, like, I, I – He was, like, I, the eighth – he had, like, the eighth most yards in the NFL last year, and I don't know when. Oh, when? When did that happen? When did I, that happen? I really I, don't know. Me and you have probably watched Antonio Gibson more than any running back in the entire league. And you're going to tell me, you're, I think we would have noticed when he made, like, he had. He had, no, he was sixth. Sixth. No, how? How? I legitimately, I can't, I don't believe you. You're lying to me. I'm, I, I promise you. I, I promise you something's wrong with those stats because there's no way. <sighs> anyway. Dang. Yeah, he six. Logan, this is one of two episodes for us this week, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Jeez. You want to plug us out? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see. I'm going to run through real quick and see if I can think of anyone that I would drop off. I do, want to talk about, I do want to talk about some quarterbacks I don't think are going to live up to expectations. Justin Fields, unfortunately, I don't think has been set up. To he's, he has the worst roster in the NFL. I, I feel like he's been set up to fail, and that's not his fault. So I'm worried about him. and. No, I won't say it. You're gonna say Zach Wilson, weren't you? Who's the other quarterback in that draft class? I'm really blanking. Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, um, is there someone else? Is Trevor there... Lawrence. Like blanking. I don't know if there was any other quarterback. Was there? Was there was no one else? Oh, Mac Jones. He doesn't matter though. Um, I want to say Zach Wilson, but I'm not going to. I feel like there's there's so much. I'll know by midseason. 
Yeah, again, but I'll, I'll, Jets, know, by, I'll know by midseason. The Jets have such a good roster, though. Okay. Like that, if he if he if he fails like badly, like if by midseason we don't see like this because we always see flashes. Yeah, exactly. I need to see flashes. Um, but yeah, that's Jalen hurts. This is such a make it or break it. Oh my gosh, Jalen, this is the Eagles have one of the best rosters in the NFL. I do like the Eagles roster quite a bit, and it's I don't, I don't like Jalen hurts. I don't think he's. I don't think he has the arm talent. I think he panics too quickly. I, I don't even think he's that good out. of a rusher. Like, I don't even think he's that good of a rusher. It's he, so sad. He panics too quickly. He just wants to run. Uh, he, I, I don't like his arm talent. It's. Yeah, I, I expect. One I expect I don't like. major regression from the, um, the Cardinals. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, they're, they're a team I am incredibly low on. Uh, I don't think the Broncos are going to be all that good. Um, Tyreek Hill is not going to have the season he wants to have because I think, you know, Tua is not it. He's not that it, guy. It, it's, I'm, I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to give him, a, I'm going to give him a season. I'm going to give him half I, I just think it's so much. I think it's just so much, like so much semantics. I'm, I want to see, I want to see how Mike McDaniel's system works with Tua. I'm not going to write him off yet. But they they have really good players in that offense. I don't think Tyreek Hill is going to have the season that he thinks he's going to have. I'd love to see if they could take put, turn Tyreek into a Debo. They don't need to turn Tyreek into a Debo. They have Jalen Waddle who they can turn exactly. into. Exactly. Um, trying to think who else is going to have a really good year. See, no brainer. I, the Ravens are winning the AFC North, in my opinion. Well, we're not talking about division predictions here. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I'm trying to think. Saquon, I think, is really going to have a good year. Um, next year's a make or break it year for Josh Jacobs. Um, I'm trying to think. Quarterbacks. The, I don't, I'm staying away from the commanders. I don't even want to think what's happening. Terry McLaurin has a return. Terry McLaurin is going to be traded. <laughs> so maybe, he'll go, maybe the Bears can get him. Maybe the Ravens can get him. They're not. You know that's not going to happen. The Ravens are so set on Rashad Bateman, and I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know whether he drafted two tight ends this year, and they have Mark Andrews. I feel like they're just gonna throw the ball to their tight ends and their running backs. They had they signed Nick Boyle to an extension last year, yeah, so like, and they drafted Isaiah Likely, who's a good, and they drafted someone else, and I he like, who was it? It's and they drafted Charlie Kolar. So like I was gonna say, I hope it's not Charlie Kolar that they drafted, but they drafted two. Okay, like, uh, but anyway, um, yeah. Make sure to subscribe and follow all the stick sports stuff on YouTube, Spotify, all all that. Um, follow us on Twitter and TikTok. Stick sports. What? Fly on LinkedIn. <laughs> If you know, we're looking for editors and social media managers. So if you're interested, apply on LinkedIn. Check us out on supersportsnetwork.com for all content. Um, follow us on Twitter at Logan Borfi at no underscore niche for all your sports and hot take needs. And just funny tweets. I think we're great on Twitter.
Yeah, I'm, I'm hilarious. I, I honestly sometimes look back on my tweets. I mean, maybe this is a bit self-indulgent, but I look, I look back on my tweets. I'm like, wow, that was a banger. That should have blew up. <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, just go follow us. Lots of content. I thought I put out a banger today of a tweet with my dear and Fox. I, I really wanted to be like that headband isn't good enough to pull the night of mediocrity, but I forgot to tweet it. So, but yeah, a lot of content coming this this summer. So stay tuned. Follow us on everything. Rank season on its way. Rank season. Take the sports taking over the NBA draft. We're getting yes. drafted. We are getting drafted. It's us. I mean, I'm not getting drafted. I'm your agent. Okay. We're, 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 we're. I'm sending you overseas. Cause I don't want I don't want your terrible basketball put plays to get trolled on the internet. I'm looking okay. out for your best interests. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're gonna go play in a real league in Spain, and you're gonna learn, and <laughs> you're gonna come back and be great. Anyway, everything. I think that's it. Yep. This has been the Six Sports Podcast, where our opinions are the only ones that matter. It was Noah. It was Logan. Um. I think uh, by the end of the I, the game should be ending by now. I think it is over, possibly. But if it's not, I would be so surprised. Um, as of now, it is not. Oh, yeah, it's over. The it? Warriors have a 104 to 88 lead, mm. and with a minute 17 left in the fourth. So yeah, it's over. Wait, hold on. I think let me just go and check the turnovers. Oh my gosh. Who has the most turnovers? Jason Tatum, four turnovers? 18 turnovers, bro. That is disgusting. Dang. Five of 18 from the field, Jalen Brown? Interesting. Look at Andrew Wiggins. I mean, 0 for 6 from 3. Who cares? But Bro, Stephen Curry 0 of 9 for 3 is disgusting. Look at Andrew Wiggins. rebounds. Look at Draymond. Six fouls. It's great. Is that like the third time he's fouled out? This yes. Time? Yes. Okay. Sorry, we're getting off track. But what are we going to say? You hate inefficient he, basketball yeah, players. Bro, hold on to the ball. Stop turning the ball over, please. Yeah, they're shooting like a combined. Bro, the fact. 19 that... for six, like 70. 19 for 70, I feel. No, Bro, six, 19 for 69. <laughs> That's what they're shooting co- combined. Like, terrible. The fact that the 19-470 now, um, the fact that the Warriors shot 22% from three and still won this game by a considerable margin is legitimately the Look worst. at Gary Payton, the the, the the silent hero back down here. Bro, this is the worst finals in recent. <laughs> oh, my God. This is such a terrible finals. Let's, let's wrap this sucker up. All right. Thank you for listening. With Noah and Logan.